I'm Samantha Mahoney sharing a thought with you for the day. This topic comes from a roundtable that we did in June 2023 with Marius and Danielle Elenas. And it was regarding spirituality and the language that we use and the fruit that it's supposed to bear in our life. But today what I wanted to do was take the pressure off of you. I wanted to release that permission for you to be yourself, be normal. I hear a lot of people talk about their spirituality and there's different language that gets used. I feel that a lot of times that people just try to impress by the language. But when you talk to me about being spiritual, what it means is that you have a relationship with the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You know their voices. You are willing to be obedient to them. You are willing to study the written word and know the actual word to uncover mysteries that are hidden there. You're dedicated to spending time in prayer. You share mysteries and you hold closely the secrets guarding them. You're being changed and you're being transformed by the word and by any encounters that you have. Spirituality has to be judged by the fruit that transpires in your life and in the world. Now, there are some practices that I believe are unnecessary to proving that you are actually spiritual. One of those things that is a red flag to me all the time is where somebody has to pray about everything first. You know, for goodness sake, the mature are able to make a decision to go out and have lunch with a friend without having to pray about it first. There should be a confidence knowing that if something is off about your decision to have lunch with a friend, that the Holy Spirit is going to caution you. So you're open to that caution, but pretending to be spiritual is using that language, wait, I first have to go and pray before I can make a decision. I've done one of the podcasts on here called The Light is Green Unless It's Red. You know, sometimes God wants us to be mature. He wants us to step out and um, make decisions for ourselves, but also be willing to hear his voice should he tell you no. And the light is green unless it's red, meaning if he doesn't want you to pursue that avenue, he puts a a bunch of roadblocks in your way or the door is firmly closed. Another thing that is something that people do to appear to be spiritual are pursuing encounters, encounter after encounter, so that they have some spiritual topics to talk about, so that you appear to be a leader in this area. I often have Zoom calls where people jump on and someone will start to talk and they're talking in circles. They're using language that everyone else on the call is looking at them going, what the heck is this guy talking about? And there's no real life on it. It's just an appearance to be a leader in this area. I just want to say, if you come to me with all of the spiritual language and um, your list of all your encounters to get the brownie points, you're definitely sharing with the wrong person. I'm going to break out in Shania Twain's song, that don't impress me much. (laughs) Another thing is, you know, when you are given something, It doesn't have to be shared immediately. A lot of times people will have encounters and you'll hear people say, you know what, I had this encounter about 10 years ago. I didn't quite understand it. I didn't have the wisdom on what exactly it was. So I sat on it. I worked it through. I chewed on it. Um, I got understanding on it. I tested it. I walked it out. I saw the fruit operating in my life. And only then did I release it 
to others. And this is the job of a pioneer. He goes ahead of the settlers, he cuts down the jungle overgrowth, he makes a path for others to travel on so that they don't have to go through the hassles. And these are what our encounters and our experiences are supposed to do, where you go before others and you level the, the field so that all they have to do is step into your slipstream and you've already got the keys of everything that worked for you, you've already tested everything out, you've used it against the word and you've seen the fruit. It's not about arriving at the destination though. It's about the journey to the destination. When we hear some people talk about their encounters or the dimensions that they've been allowed to visit, it doesn't mean that they right then and there have to share it and that they end up at the destination. You know, we've, we've got to get our training from the Holy Spirit. We have to find out, do we have permission to share this? We have someone having an encounter and are straight after the encounter, it's up on Facebook. And then we've got groups leading other groups to go into this place of encounter and everyone gets their butts kicked because it hasn't been walked out. There's a, there's a crash that happens because the ground hasn't been made fallow. It hasn't been walked out. The, all of the mystery has not yet been revealed. And so people find themselves in trouble. So not all things that we see are for all people immediately. You know, sometimes when I hear different people share that I admire, that I trust, share some of their encounters and experiences, I first weigh it up and I measure it first. I test it before I actually jump in and participate. Examples that I'll give is the courts of heaven. You know, um, we practiced it. We've built our history there and we've seen fruit. You're going to hear this word come up a lot of times, fruit, because after all, that's what it's about. There's a lot of places that people have had encounters that I dare not venture into because they have been given the invitation for it. The, the mystery and the secret has been revealed to them. And if I have an ego problem, I'm going to think that I can just pitch up there. I can do anything that I like. But for me, it's about knowing who I am. It's about knowing what I'm called to. It's about knowing what's on my scroll and staying in my lane, not trying to be something other than what I'm called to be, just so that I can look like someone else to appear to be spiritual. You know, the thing is, when we have these different encounters, who are we trying to influence anyway? You know, influence is a great thing in one area like if you have a platform for uh, for instance where others listen to you then you're in a very privileged position what you say from that platform has the ability to change lives but this level of influence also scares the heck out of me because i know that there's a penalty on me as a teacher if i am teaching something that is incorrect james 3 verse 1 says be not many of you teachers, my brothers, knowing that we shall receive the heavier judgment. So what if the encounters that I'm having and the experiences that I think I'm having are not 100% accurate? What if the encounters that I'm sharing are actually a delusion of my own mind? What if my encounters are actually in opposition to the word of God? What if I've been visited by Satan himself, who we know has the ability to transform into an angel of light? The Bible warns us about this in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. So we can't be so egotistical to think that we cannot be deceived. Matthew 24, 24 says, 
even the elect, if it was possible, would be deceived. So I've always got to guard that which I've been given before I release it because my platform and my sphere of influence has the ability to lead others astray if it's not 100% on track. And what if what if I'm responsible for placing them on a wrong pathway and causing them to sin? Like, let me just read to you just a portion of scripture that comes out of 1 Kings 12, 25. And this is about Jeroboam. He was the king. It says, Jeroboam continued to be known as the one who caused Israel to sin. Jeroboam was the one who sent the northern kingdom of Israel down the path of destruction. This is something that scares me to be very honest with you, to be someone who leads others down this path of destruction, who's, who causes others to sin as seen by God. I believe that there's a difference between mysteries and secrets. Uh, in Proverbs 25 verse 2, it says, it's the glory of God to conceal the matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. The mysteries that God has hidden there are for us to uncover within his word. I believe that they are there for us to share those mysteries that he's hidden there that we have searched out and others are going to benefit from what's been uncovered. But secrets are a different matter. I know that if I told my husband a secret that I only trusted him in this whole world with, I would be devastated if he, during one of his teaching sessions, where there are physical attendees and online attendees and the recording is available to the whole world to watch afterwards, I'd be devastated if he revealed my secret for everyone to hear. And it would definitely create a trust issue for me to ever confide in him again. Secrets, when given to you by God, are actually your personal property to be treasured and stewarded correctly, not blurted out on Facebook and to anyone who will listen for your own reputation and for your own gain. Let's come back to the language. I know that in the stream that we are currently moving, it has its own language and it's not, it's not common to someone who has been in a religious setting for their whole life. When I first came into all of this uh, type of teaching and experience, it was truly like learning another language. Some of the things that I talk about, I see the confusion on people's faces who are not from the stream. Um, some examples are when I say, you need to agree with your scroll. They go, what the freak is a scroll? What, what are you talking about? Um, another thing is when I say, you need to answer the accusations that are against you and your bloodlines in the court of heaven. They go, what are you talking about? What, what court of heaven? When I say, work through your DNA junk, they haven't got the foggiest idea what I'm talking about when I'm saying being tutored by the government of heaven. It's a big turn off for me when I'm having a normal human to human interaction and the spiritual language tap gets turned on. And just a, a weird example, like if you're running late for a meeting, for instance, that you're having with me, you know what? Just come into the meeting, go, you know what, Sam, sorry, I'm late. I have poor time management skills. The end, okay? There's no need to tell me, oh, Sam, I'm under spiritual attack because my alarm didn't go off. But don't worry, my intercessors are praying and breaking curses of the demons that cause lateness. And But I did take communion and I broke the chains and now we can continue with our meeting. This is what I'm talking about, using this language. Just be normal. Get a life. Just own it. Okay, you were late. Just own it. You have an error. You have a flaw in you. It's okay. It's all right. It's something you have to work on. 
But I think we do this, we use this kind of language to deflect from our own inadequacies or to appear to be something that we're not. I've been speaking about the fruit all of the time. So how has being mystical translated into lasting fruit in your life? If you want to know whether what you are engaging in is good or not, then you have to look at the fruit in yours and other people's lives. You know, when you get something and you share it and other people take it on and then they form all these groups and do all these whatever weird things, you know, what is the fruit? Because you're responsible for releasing that. What is the fruit in your life and in theirs? The word says a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So if you're visiting Saturn, for instance, in your mystical encounter and it's taken you there, that's great. But what has transpired in your life and also in the earth or in the planets as a result of what you just did there? If you uncovered a mystery while studying the word, have you actioned what you learned? Or has it just been a pursuit of knowledge so that you can appear to be spiritual to others? You know, how do we cultivate our mystic pursuits, even in our family relationships? You know, what, one of the things that I'm trying to encourage you is to be yourself, is to know what your giftings are, what your callings are. Don't try to be like somebody else. Just because someone went into the sun and did whatever in the sun, don't feel that you have to do that because there are protocols, first things first. You know, the word puts this protocol out there. It says, first be my witness in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. We don't start at the uttermost parts of the earth just because we hear one of our favorite teachers has been there because you're not mature enough for that right now. If you cannot even get your Jerusalem in order, and what is your Jerusalem, by the way? It's you. It's your family. It's your sphere of influence. If you can't keep your cupboard tidy in your house, how are you expecting to tidy up things in the planets and to the uttermost parts of the earth? The word also has another protocol in place. It says, be faithful with a little and he'll make you faithful over much. If you can't be faithful in Jerusalem yourself, if you can't govern yourself, your family, your relationships, if at home these relationships are fractured and explosive, if your marriage and your children are in a mess, how are you going to lead others in their relationship with God and others? As I said, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. It's a progression. We get to practice on the small things first. I mean, think about Joseph. He has these amazing dreams, but he didn't just the next day become 2IC in Pharaoh's house because he had the dreams. He had to practice governing and ruling over lesser houses and their function before he was given his own platform to influence the whole world. Only you can do what you are called to do. And if you compare yourself to others, you are spitting on your own calling. It's about the journey. It's about your journey. Others have encounters. They're given secrets that are relevant to their calling. Find your own. You know, so be real. I've been saying this this whole time. Being, be real. F talking from our own lives. Contrary to popular belief, we are not serious individuals. You know, when all of us get together, um, 
all the people that you are listening to on Wisdom's Echo, we are not serious. We know how to have good, clean fun. We have wicked senses of humor that include sarcasm, laughing at ourselves and the world and each other. My go-to in tough times is to laugh. Most of the common comments that get said to us when uh, people that we are getting together with, um, people on this particular Wisdoms Echo podcast, people always say, oh, I'd love to be on the fly on the wall to hear about all the amazing spiritual stuff you talk about when you all get together. Or, oh, you're going to have a whack party. I'm so sorry to be a Debbie Downer here. But usually we don't always discuss spiritual stuff. We don't have whack parties. We are just normal. We, we want to be relatable. We want to be raw. We want to be vulnerable. And just because you're a leader doesn't mean that you have to have everything together. Of course, I get angry about stuff. I feel grief about stuff. I have troubles in different relationships. God has got you on a journey So I just want to encourage you to be yourself, to know what you are called to do. You know, it's it's okay not to know um, stuff that some of the leaders are experiencing and sharing about. You know, I remember when we ran The Nest, it's an online school that we ran for seven years, and people would say, I feel like a failure because I couldn't get into the teachings that were done. I just, I didn't understand the message. I didn't understand the language. So I feel like I'm failing in my relationship with the Lord. I feel like I'm on the wrong path. My answer is, throw it away then. That teaching is not for you for right now. It's not aligned with where you are in your scroll right now. You don't need to know it right now. If there was one or two things that you could relate to, awesome, good for you. Forget the rest for now. You can always come back to it. Again, it's always about the fruit, not pursuing knowledge for knowledge's sake because knowledge puffs up, which means pride enters. And pride always comes before a fall. If you aren't taking the knowledge and doing something with it, then there is failure to produce fruit, which goes against our first mandate in Genesis 1, which says, be fruitful and multiply. I hope that's encouraged you just a little bit today to be your authentic self. I bless you. Have an amazing Christmas. And I'll see you in the new year.